You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between, a production of TheMetalRobot.com, created and hosted by Tom McKay. On the very first episode of MRP, we take a look at the coronavirus and how it's affected the music world as a whole, not only with the big bands, but the small bands, and how musicians and music lovers can help keep everyone safe. On top of that, we also get into whether or not music should evolve. Let's not waste much more time. Let's get straight into it. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. So here's the thing. If you're listening to this right now, I guarantee you're a lot like me, and you're probably stuck at home with not a lot to do. Or you're probably out and about, probably at a beach, like a freaking idiot. Go home. No one wants you at the beach. No one wants you at the bar. Spring breakers, just go home. Sorry, where was I? Right, right, right. Sorry. So you're probably listening to this stuck at home, and you're not alone. Almost everybody everywhere is stuck at home. Uh, I know where I'm at right now, I live in Canada. A lot of people are not going out, probably because the entire country closed off the entire borders and Ontario is essentially in a lockdown thing that they're doing. So not a lot of people are going out. Most workplaces have closed down. So there's really not a lot going on. But on top of workplaces being closed down, there's also a lot of concerts that were canceled as well. And not just the big shows like uh, Opeth or uh, Abbott. But also like the smaller shows, the local shows that were canceled because, of course, of the coronavirus outbreak before the smaller shows weren't really affected that much. But then, of course, the World Health Organization and the CDC pretty much uh, took that number, that maximum capacity for groups of people. They brought it down from like 200 down to 10, give or take. And that pretty much meant that almost any of the smaller local shows, even they were still bringing in more people than necessary that were deemed safe. That is the first time a local show has really ever brought in more people than the CDC would actually allow. That is amazing. It's also kind of scary, but it's amazing. And and you're probably bummed out about the concerts being canceled. Believe me, I am too. I had quite a few uh, concerts I was hoping to go to coming up in the in these coming months. But uh, let me I'm gonna let you in on a little secret here. The musicians who were set to play those shows, they are probably feeling it too. Not just the local musicians, not just the smaller musicians, but also the bigger musicians. I mean, hell, the coronavirus made Trapped go crazy again. When are we going to learn that these guys clearly have no concept of reality? I will never know. It's hard to say. Why do we give Trapped Twitter? That's the real question here. Why do they have to? I'm I'm getting sidetracked. I'm getting sidetracked. But going back to this whole thing, you're probably at home thinking that this will all just blow over eventually. And you're just waiting to get back to work. Maybe you are insured at this point, at which point, congratulations. But this could be a completely different story for a lot of musicians out there. After all, for most musicians, their livelihood revolves around fan support, especially for independent artists who aren't attached to any labels uh, of any kind. Like they're not with any record labels. They are purely independent and pretty much live off of fan involvement. So what can be done? Because a lot, of these, a lot of these musicians could easily not survive this pandemic. I don't just mean in the literal sense. I mean their musical careers 
could easily be hanging by the edge of a thread during this time. And it, it really will depend on how the musicians react and how us, the fans, react during this time and whether or not we will support our artists or let them fall off the edge. But if we want to make sure that our favorite artists survive, musically at least, what can be done? How can we help and what can musicians do to help keep themselves afloat? Well, before I get into what I believe the listeners can be doing to help, and I will get into that, I want to start off with what the musicians could probably be doing during this time. It's something that a lot of musicians don't really consider because a lot of them are just kind of expecting that the music will write itself or at least bring in the money itself. Like say you're in a band. Let's pretend for a second, if you're even if you're not in a band, let's pretend you're in a band and you're probably bummed that you can't play shows. You have music online that's you know recorded, like some demos. You have it uploaded uh, to SoundCloud or Bandcamp, and you're hoping to make to bring in some money off of that. Well, that's good, but you're probably not going to end up bringing in that much from that. And if anything, if you're not careful and you don't do anything about that, you could easily fade into the ethos. So what can you do during this time? Well, believe it or not, because of the fact that we're all stuck at home, what many musicians don't realize is that this is actually the perfect time to be your most productive and the most creative that you can possibly be. Use this time to write and release music uh, or do anything. I know for me personally, I'm using this time to work on YouTube, find a way to be able to put most of my time into this wonderful channel that I've got into a bunch of different projects like this podcast that you're listening to, but also trying to get the the, the YouTube channel at least somewhat self-sufficient. That's kind of my plan. It's not, it might not work out the way I want it to, but I have the time now to be able to get that job done. Whether or not I get it done will depend on how dedicated I am to the whole thing. And hopefully by the end of this, it will work. But the same goes for musicians. Use this time, write new music. I mean, hell, Devin Townsend is doing that right now. Devin Townsend is a great example of that. Seriously, look up Devin Townsend Quarantine and be amazed. The guy is releasing music after music after music. Now, no one's saying it has to be a full-blown album, because I, I, I don't know if anybody can really make an album within this time. Uh, but you can, at least, you can if you want to, or you can just release songs that you, that if you're a solo artist, you can do it all by yourself in your basement. If you're a band, it might be a bit tricky, but as long as every single member tests negative for the COVID-19 virus, then you can easily do that too in, in a home studio. Like, you can get this done. One thing you can also do is, again, if you're uh, just by yourself or if you have a group of friends that, all, that once again, test negative, use this t opportunity to build a presence online. What you can try is you can try your hand at uh, video creating if you wanted to. A gr few great examples of this off the top of my head, uh, just building a presence online. The first one I can name is... Of course, a bit of a bigger name, you know, I'm sure by now you've heard the name Matt Heafy, or at least heard the name Trivium. Matt Heafy is the lead vocalist of that band, and the band is obviously a 
pretty big band. They're putting, it out, uh, they're putting out an album this year, and a lot of people are pretty excited about it. Uh, but the lead vocalist, Matt Hafey, he's also got a presence online. And even if you don't aren't really into the idea of video creating uh, as a whole, he also has a presence on Twitter, on social media. And it's not necessarily him as the band. It's him as, it's Matt Heafy as Matt Heafy. Establishing an individual presence online can really help, especially if you are using it to not only entertain people or to uh, do something unique to you, but also using it as a way of saying, hey, guess what? I'm also in a band. <laughs> you can use that to your advantage to bring an audience that is currently stuck at home with nothing better to do, you can bring them in to your world. And that is a, a big thing. Building a presence online is a big deal. Another, uh, pr another thing I can also mention, pterodactyl problems. Now, if you've stumbled upon my channel at any point in the past year, pterodactyl problems is not a name that you're unfamiliar with. I guarantee it. They were the first band I ever interviewed, and I've been to a couple of their shows. Uh, and on top of that, their lead vocalist also appeared on one of the songs that I released. That's its own thing. Uh, but they are a good example of that. If you go to their YouTube channel, they actually do take their hand in video creating because their drummer is a director, he's a filmmaker. Like, they are very much in the realm of, of making video content, much like a regular YouTuber would. But they're also in a band. They're, they do it amongst the band, and they build that kind of presence online. It's a big change that a lot of bands are not taking advantage of. Even if you think you're not creative enough, you're in a band. You're a musician. You write music. You can you have some kind of creative muscle you can use here. And also during all this, like again with the online presence especially, if you have this option, plug your merch as often as you can. Which actually brings me to what the listeners can do. So us as listeners, what can we do to help? Well, I do have some bad news for a lot of us. Unfortunately, and this is not every single option, but quite a few of the options of us helping musicians is probably going to cost a little bit of money. Now, not a lot, unless you're hoping to buy their entire merch stores, but there are some options here that are going to cost at least a few bucks. Not all of them are, you know, cost. They don't, not all of them have money attached to it. Some of them are free and I'll be happy to get into that. But uh, as for what we can do, buying their albums is a great start. And I don't mean streaming their albums. I mean actually buying them because musicians will probably make a bit more of the profit from albums that you, from, the, from their albums that you actually bought in the iTunes store, for example, instead of just streaming it from Apple Music or Spotify. Because streaming is essentially little to no money going back to the creator. And buying is not a lot, but it's way more than they would be making if you just stream their album. So buy their albums if you can. What you can also do is buy merch, but you, it, this is something that I really probably should have mentioned when I told bands just a, a few a minute ago to plug their merch. Merch, 
that t-shirts and clothing can also uh, contain respiratory droplets, which does mean it can possibly carry the coronavirus. So uh, be careful with that. Uh, do consider it an option, but also be careful. If you're a musician and you're selling merch, do not handle the merch if you if it turns out you're you've tested positive, or even if you want to be careful, handle all the merch with gloves and also masks, ones that you can't breathe out of. It's going to be hard, but it has to be done. And and as for like if as the listener, if you really want to be careful, uh, you can. There's plenty of ways you can wash clothing that will that will pretty much subside the respiratory droplets and those you, you can find online no problem just look it up uh or you can just be not or you can just be extremely cautious about all of that and just and just get the weird rings or whatever that the band might be selling aside from t-shirts now there are options like i said where you don't have to be spending any money at all you can easily list uh Tune in online once again and watch some of their shows because some bands nowadays, I'm hearing something about Metallica possibly doing something similar. Uh, I can't confirm that actually, but some bands are doing live stream concerts, in-house, very interpersonal concerts. Try, quote, attending a few of those and sharing the links out. Because those can actually they not only be a good way of connecting with the band, and again, that's kind of one of the big things that Matt Heafy has in spades by basically doing his, quote, guitar clinics on Twitch, by performing on Twitch, which as of the rec- time of recording this part of the podcast, he's actually live right now. So that is something that you can attend because that is something that they like to do. If they are doing any of these live stream concerts, try attending a few of those and sending out the links. And most importantly, what you can do, share their music with as many people as your internet reach will allow. Share them with all your friends, even those who don't listen to metal. Share it with everybody on every single platform you've got. Because that is, at the end of the day, whether or not you're buying or you're just there supporting them, Sharing their music is the best way to do it at the end of the day. Because if you can't spend money, you can at least spend your time. And that, at the end of the day, will be more valuable than any dollar amount you can spend. Now, look, at the end of all this, you may not like being stuck indoors. But at the, but it is essential to the survival of your friends and loved ones. It is because of this that some people's entire livelihoods can also be put in jeopardy. And that is a very crucial thing to remember during these times, even as everyone is kind of panicking and scared. Musicians, especially, are those who, especially those who depend on merch and album sales, need the help from us. But they also need to step forward and prove that they are willing to make the sacrifices of their own and put in the effort to stay around. I know that it seems hopeless right now, but we all, as metalheads and as music lovers, need to stick together here. Because at the end of it all, I personally believe this pandemic will bring out the smaller artists who are truly committed to the art 
and will show whose fans are the most dedicated. And the ones who do not stand the test of time, the ones who refuse to push themselves even further and forward during this time when they clearly could be doing that, those bands and those artists will only fade into the ether. It's times like these where we must support our local artists. And I gave you plenty of excuses as musicians to stay forward and as listeners to support. This is on us. So let's make sure that these musicians stay afloat and that we keep the dream of music alive. This episode of the Metal Robot Podcast was remastered as of May 2021 to ensure great sound quality for your enjoyment. And has nothing to do with the fact that I've been bored all weekend and want something to do. Can you imagine if that was the case? Oof, that would be so bad. <clears throat> Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on YouTube, so that any future episodes will appear right in your feed. Anyways, here's some Bieber-looking dickass talking about some more bullshit. Enjoy! You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. There's a sort of hidden debate that's not really brought up a lot in the music world, unless it really becomes a topical thing amongst music listeners and even music critics. And we've all heard this debate multiple times over a period of time and that we've all been listening to music and paying attention to the music world. And that debate is music needs to evolve or this band is great because they stay the same. So the question really at the end of the day when this in this debate is should music evolve with time? Should each artist, each individual artist evolve their sound with their age, or should they remain the same throughout time? The short answer is, yes, they need to evolve. But the long answer is, it really depends. And for this part of the podcast, I really want to go into some of the aspects of, you know, why bands would want to evolve, but also at the start off with why bands would want to stay the same. What is the benefit of keeping your sound more or less the same way, the same identity, and what are the risks to changing? That's something I wanted to go into with this, because believe it or not, looking through this, and this is me just speaking as someone who does listen to music quite a bit and is an active listener with a lot of different bands who have not only kept their sound the same and changed their sound over time, but have also taken a lot of risks. Some of them work, some of them don't. But I'm also speaking as someone who has also talked to quite a few listeners of music and got their opinions on the whole thing. So uh, with all this, let's start with why you would want, as a musician, as a songwriter, why would you want to keep your sound the same? So why would you want to stay the same? Well, for a lot of different bands, when you have a one trick that works really well, why would you want to mess with that formula? That's something that a lot of bands end up going through. Uh, the first ones that come to mind, maybe they're not really metal, but they sure as hell do count for this. Breaking Benjamin is a good example. Uh, there's plenty of other bands within their style that refuse to change. And that's, for them, it's a good thing. And honestly, as a Breaking Benjamin fan, I can definitely say it's worked for them. I gotta say, they do change maybe one or two things in the most subtle way possible, but they more or less keep the same identity and they keep it contained through a decade's worth of music. But seeing as most of my listeners are probably metalheads, let me give you a metal example. 
Slayer is a big example. Megadeth arguably hasn't really changed their sounds much. Uh, Cannibal Corpse, obviously. Most death metal bands don't really change their sound at all. And because it's a really good trick. A lot of those, and I don't mean like trick, like I tricked you or whatever bullshit you want to come up with, but I mean like trick as in like, it's a cool little magic trick type deal because these guys do have that trick and they use it well. It is one trick, but it works to their advantage because they have a lot of iconic elements to their sound. Like Cannibal Corpse, obviously the death growls are iconic along with the heavily distorted, very fuzzy sound of the guitars and fast drums. And if you can take those iconic elements with you, even if you change subtle things, but you keep the core principle of your identity with you at all times, then you're guaranteed to be golden and keep your sound the same. That's what a lot of these bands do. Breaking Benjamin, once again, going back to them, like I mentioned, they have subtle changes that you can kind of point out over their catalog. It's very subtle, but it does exist. And during that time, they don't really do a lot else with their sound, but that's because they keep the core elements of their sound the same. A lot of the principles the same. And that can be said once again with a lot of the other metal bands. Megadeth, Slayer, big examples of that. Cannibal Corpse, once again. They don't really change their sound at all, as far as I can tell. It's all more or less the same sound. And that's not a bad thing. Cannibal Corpse obviously has been around for a long time and has been a huge name in the metal community for good reason. There's even further arguments for why you would want to stay the same. And one of the big ones, of course, keeping your audience satisfied. Because whether you want to admit it or not, Humans are creatures of habit. We don't really like change. We really don't. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it makes sense because the unknown is scarier than the devil that you know. Because the unknown is unpredictable. You don't know what the hell is going to be happening there. And as a musician creating music, you want to keep your audience satisfied because they, at the end of the day, are the ones that got you to where you are. And you really, really want to avoid alienating that audience. As Linkin Park learned pretty quickly. <laughs> Let's face it, we all remember that whole debacle about One More Light. Any metalhead will tell you that was probably not a good album for them to follow The Hunter with. Or what was it called? The Hunter Hunted? What was it? I can't remember the name of that album. But it, that was like the heaviest album that they could come up with since... Hybrid Theory or Meteora? Like, it's not up to that level, but it was definitely as heavy as they have gotten in years. And then to go from that to pop, basically, that was probably something that a lot of metalheads really did not like. And in a way, because they are more the rock and metal audience was their core audience, the fact that they switched to pop was very alienating. That is something that a lot of musicians really don't want to do. Especially seeing as, even in recent days, bands have still tried that. The Amity Affliction tried it back in 2018, along with Bullet For My Valentine. And it did not work at all. Papa Roach tried the same thing and had hilariously bad results. It's almost like if Trapped was to do it. Although they probably did do it. I don't know. Have they actually done anything since 2003? Probably not. But long story short, there is a lot of risk in changing your sound because really like at the end of the day you want to avoid that kind of thing obviously 
the risk of changing, you can end up creating something bad. And that's not necessarily just because you don't know what you're doing. It could easily just be because of your lack of experience of that new sound. Bands don't want to change because maybe they don't know much about uh, the new style. Or, and this is very important, alienating the audience is something that they want to avoid. Especially nowadays because a lot of these musicians have seen what can happen from that kind of change. And again, going back to the whole thing, people do not like change. Even if you're, maybe you're the outlier and you're like, I would actually prefer change. Believe me, I get that. But at the end of the day, you are in the minority there. And this is coming from someone who actually does think that bands need to evolve their sound. Believe me, I like the idea of hearing something different eventually. But it's very scary to face the unknown without knowing what's there. There's a reason why it's the unknown. Because the unknown could easily be, once again, something that was created through a lack of experience or can alienate you entirely, or the band could easily just sell out. It can also feel pretty dishonest if they just change it up. Maybe because the new change will bring in a new audience or bring in more people, and it just feels forced. I've been kind of harping on the whole idea of you know, why bands would want to stay the same. But I haven't really gotten into why they would want to change. And it kind of sounds like right now that I'm basically saying that staying the same is way better than changing. And I know how that sounds, but believe me, the reward of changing your sound is actually way better than staying the same. Why is change important? Well, if I'm to quote one of the people I talked to about this, uh, they basically said, quote, to keep themselves from blowing their brains out from doing the same thing over and over again. That's word for word. Uh, and he's referring to the musicians. No musician really wants to do the same thing over and over again. And again, we are creatures of habit, but eventually you get bored of the same thing, especially if you are a creative specimen. <laughs> so doing the same thing over and over again for years, yeah, eventually you'll probably want to blow your fucking brains out. On top of that, change is very important to evolution. It's the, it's the main reason why I've personally had some thoughts about many musicians trying to recreate the thrash metal sound of the 80s in the 2010s and failing miserably to not only capture the sound, but bring something different to the table. Because at the end of the day, really, they're not trying to bring something new. They're trying to tread previously treaded ground. And that ground has been treaded so much that they're basically walking in a hole. A hole with no way out of it. On top of that, Ned, maybe you're a musician and you're thinking, I should change because staying the same shows a lack of creativity. Because repeating yourself is really, once again, digging further into that hole. It's a lot more creative to find a way out of the hole than it is to just keep on digging. And we've seen what's been kind of going on in certain styles of music with trying to recreate the same sound. Again, going back to thrash metal, death metal is also uh, bad for this too, but it, those are just the outliers. Every single genre, every single style is bad for this. Metal core, uh, pop metal, if you really want to count that as metal. Uh, <laughs> melodic death metal is a big thing. Black metal especially is bad for this. But in my opinion, metal needs to evolve or metal isn't going to get any better than we the way we have it. The way I, I see it, the metal genre is very much a 
style of music that needs to breed. It needs to grow. It needs to evolve and change its sound. Because while there are plenty of reasons to stay with the comfortable sound of the devil that we know, it is very much a very discouraging thing to stick with that devil instead of venturing into the unknown. The unknown is very unpredictable, but it's worth going to that than to stay in the same rut where we have always been and trying to recreate the vintage sound that all it really does is remind us of a time that has already existed. So it's worth venturing into new sounds. It's worth venturing into the unknown because staying the same gets us nowhere. And it doesn't make us any better than many of the other genres out there that I can name that haven't changed since their conception. I'm looking at you specifically, jazz. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And you can check us out on the internet everywhere on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On YouTube, we are Metal Robot Reviews. On Facebook, Twitter, at The Metal Robot. Instagram, at The Dot Metal Robot. You can also check out everything we do on one single source, TheMetalRobot.com, for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. I'm Tom McKay of Metal Robot Reviews. Thanks so much for listening. Click subscribe if you haven't already, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night.